the Stretch Four podcast from sunny San Francisco. It's actually sunny right now. It's raining a little bit earlier, but the sun is out. I'm enjoying this evening and or this afternoon, and I wanted to get to my Stretch Four podcast listeners. I don't have a name, but I would love for anyone to shoot me some ideas for what we can call the listeners. Over 200 downloads so far per episode, so doing pretty good on that front. We're in the top 40% of podcasts. This week, I want to talk about the Church of Sam Altman, as well as a little bit of ChatGP and how I'm using it as a founder, as well as how Sam Altman has captured the Silicon Valley zeitgeist. If you don't know who Sam Altman is and you're a founder, I really can't help you, but we will go deep on some things about Sam Altman that you might not know. Also, I want to make sure I highlight the man, the legend, who's back in the news this week, Adam Newman, who finally explains what his new Andreessen-backed company, Flow, does. And we want to talk about that pitch. I got some takeaways from that, just the sort sample size. I didn't watch the whole interview, but from what went viral on Twitter, it was pretty intriguing what went down. I rely on Future to get two daily reports and keep tabs on my training progress, monthly activity, and get updates from my trainer each week on what I need to be doing. My target is to become to build my endurance and shed weight while I'm training for a half marathon. Future offers flexible adjustments during busy weeks with my workouts already set and my trainer being able to check in daily. This allows them to him to make changes to my sets, exercises, and other elements of my training based on how I'm feeling and what results I'm seeing. If you're a busy professional who can't commit to an in-person trainer, Future is the perfect app. It provides all the advantages of a professional trainer, but without the need to make to meet in person. The app has all the features required to stay in touch with your trainer in real time and get feedback on your workouts, gains, and fitness program. Now is the perfect time to start a new fitness journey and to better your health and wellness. If you're aiming to start 2023 with a focus on fitness, Future is offering a 50% off discount for the first three months, so you don't have to miss out on this opportunity. With their help, you can guarantee a secure and successful journey this year. Go to future.com and sign up today or click the link in the actual show notes for today's episode to get that 50% discount for the first three months and get started with Future today. So the Stretch 4 podcast this week, I wanted to cover two topics that were big in the founder zeitgeist of a speaking engagement later today, Super Bowl weekend. So going to keep it fairly short from my perspective, what's short, but I did want to highlight two things that are really happening that are very engaging in Silicon Valley right now. The Church of Sam Altman, I get that from referring to the information they coined that phrase this week. I believe Kate Clark, writer over there at the Information, so shout out to Kate Clark. The rush to join the Church of Sam Altman marked the beginning of this new hype cycle, which is AI. We're in a hype cycle, people. Founders, we are in another hype cycle. Get ready to go. Load your pitch decks. Load your chat GPT use cases and your AI technologies because money is flowing in Silicon Valley again. 
I say that again, money is flowing in Silicon Valley and we got to thank the man, the legend, Sam Altman. Sam Altman is an intriguing figure in Silicon Valley. He is a sub 40 year old white guy on the outer face. He looks generic, just like most white guys in Silicon Valley. He's a Stanford dropout. He's a disciple of Paul Graham. He is a former president of Y Combinator. And I mean, the list for this man is insane, right? Like I'm 35. This dude has done a hundred years worth of work. It seems like in Silicon Valley and he's only, he's not even 40 yet. So it's an intriguing story in itself. And I've never met the man myself. Obviously I've read a lot about him. He's done a lot of conversations. I actually just missed an interview with him. I'm actually going to an event on Monday night where Dylan Field, who recently sold his company to Adobe for $20 billion, is doing a talk. And another benefit of being in the Bay, Bay is you can actually meet these people that seem larger than life when you read TechCrunch, The Information, or any kind of news outlet. But Sam is an intriguing figure. He's from St. Louis. He is he's not a religious person, but he is Jewish. He's also gay, which that don't mean really anything, but it does in apply a certain archetype of how these people in Silicon Valley are built. One of the more intriguing things you think, Silicon Valley has become such a network place that you can almost start to predict who's going to start and do the next big thing. So Sam got his start being in the inaugural batch of Y Combinator. Remember we had on episode two, we had Lateram, a friend of mine who's going through a current batch of Y Combinator the winter 2023 batch, Sam was the first founder, one of the first founders that Paul Graham selected to the inaugural batch way back in 2005. He had a company called Looped, which was essentially a startup that him and his boyfriend started after they dropped out of Y Combinator. They ended up getting that company to $175 million valuations. I mean, this is the mid 2000s. So like those types of numbers weren't getting thrown around so much. Sam ended up selling that company for $40 million. So most of the investors that invested lost money on that deal. Sam actually made money. So it's documented that he took home about $5 million from that $40 million exit. And the rest is just really Silicon Valley history, man. This dude has been killing it since then. I mean, he was him and Paul Graham alone each put in $15,000 into Stripe. Before the, before the Collison brothers had even went to Sequoia to make their first pitch, he, he was chosen to be a president of Y Combinator in 2014. So only 11 years after he went through the organization, he was only 31 and he was chosen to be the successor. So he was president, I believe, from 2004 to 2019, my dates may be off, but like he he had a run. And and really one of the intriguing things about Sam is now he has open AI, builder of chat GPT, the hottest thing in Silicon Valley right now, I think a hundred million users in the first few months of that product, which is the fastest growing startup user growth ever. And I don't find it odd that he is doing what he's doing, but I do think that it shows like to me, it just really like the, the biggest learnings from like Sam Altman's story is just the way he moves, right? Like 
he became the president of Y Combinator after competing, completing Y Combinator. And he had all these ideas like nuclear vision, AI, all these different things. This dude is a super capitalist, like to the T, right? Like people try to come and like taking when people say they want to change the world, that means they want to make a bazooka amount of money. Sam wanted to turn Y Combinator into a trillion dollar empire. That was his goal. And this dude thinks big. Everything he believes, every, if you say you want to raise $50 million, Sam says you need to have a realistic way to add a zero to your vision. When Brian Chesky and the Y Airbnb guys came to Sam with their pitch deck, he said turn billions into trillions. That was the only feedback he gave them. So this guy has really been thinking, or millions into billions, this guy's really been thinking big for quite some time. And now we've come to this point where Silicon Valley is back open and back popping. And we went through 2022, which was hard, hard to raise money. Crypto was tanking. Everything was down. This guy really brought it back to life. So I'm really just doing a Sam Altman appreciation post. I got nothing for the guy or nothing against the guy, but he really did bring it back, right? He brought it back. Like if you're building anything related to AI, obviously within reason, like you got to have a product, you got to have something that's working or something, there's a high likelihood you're going to get funded. And ChatGPT is, it's the fastest ever growing company. So this guy has some kind of power. He's like, he's like a walking monopoly, right? Um, I'm reading a book by a gentleman by the name of Matt Stoller, who's actually going to be a guest on the podcast in a few weeks. He wrote a book called Goliath. And one of the things he talks about is just how historically in the U.S. monopolies have been built. You know, some of the quotes from his book that I was just recapping, he says, Data about your thoughts go into a database that's owned by Google. What you buy from Amazon or Walmart or what you owe, it goes to Experian or Equifax. You live in a world structured by concentrated corporate power. And I will say like Sam Altman epitomizes this as an individual. Silicon Valley is the place of powerful people. And I really think founders, myself included, you got to understand that there's a power dynamic structure. There's a power structure and you need to be able to understand who those people are. So I really want to highlight Sam Altman, not as a person to try to be like or emulate or whatever, but really understand how things happen. Right. Chat GPT is not just something that was built overnight and became a fad. This guy's been doing startups since he was 18 years old. He's now 38. So this guy's 20 years in the game. So when you do these startups, when you create these companies, you understand that you're signing up for something that's long-term. You're signing up for a long-term commitment. And one of the quotes that I want to give you from Sam Alvin himself, he says in a New Yorker article that I was reading this week, the founders who do the best are very paranoid, very full of existential, existential crisis. Founders, by definition, like to start new things, but starting a business means grinding away for 10 years. So I want to under, like, I want people to understand when you're building these companies, when you're building these startups, 
Think of them in 10-year intervals. You can't think of these things in boom-bust cycles. So, yes, Silicon Valley is open up. Yes, you can go start an AI company tomorrow and maybe get funded, but you don't actually see the success and the spoils of those things until a longer scale of time, right? I'm on my second company, and I pivoted twice on this current company, and we're we're coming up on six years as an incorporated entity. That's a long time, but if you think about it, when I signed up for this, I signed up for it for 10 years. Now, that doesn't mean I can't go start another company. I mean, Stretch4 Media in itself is a new media outlet that has a whole different business model, a whole different everything than my startup. But again, it's understanding the 10-year grind. And I think Sam Altman epitomizes that in a way because he's really been grinding since he was 18. He doesn't really know anything else. And I think now that he's leading ChatGPT and he's leading OpenAI, excuse me, it is a very different thing. One of the unique things about Altman is when he's so looped, again, he made that $5 million, he turned that $5 million right into a venture fund. He would invest heavily in the YC batch companies. He was able to accumulate more wealth. He was able to, you know, he's a part of a lot of shit. So it's like he he basically parlayed his first startup into an investment fund, but accordingly, now I don't know if this is still true, accordingly, he lives off of $10 million that he has stowed away. He has a crib in the mission. He has some real estate out in, where is it at? He's out in Big Sur. He likes cars. But again, he's not living this lifestyle that I think a lot of us identify with wealth Yacht boats. I'm sure he's tied. I mean, this dude is tied in with everybody, but he's built this this powerful dynamic, and it's what I tell founders now. And what I'm trying to do, not trying, but you don't do these things by effort. You just have a set replication, and you you build a cadence to your life of repetition, and you build repetition. You do two things well, you try to add three, but really you focus on those two things that you really do well and you go after them. And I really understand for myself as a black man in Silicon Valley, that's the one good thing about Silicon Valley is that it's not this like you got to be your your granddad got to be in this thing for you to get in it. It's hard. It's not easy. It's not necessarily a meritocracy. And then you have people like Sam Altman, of course, they go look for certain people to to fit in holes that they think. And they, they like to be around people that look like them, that think like them. So there are barriers, but it is a it is an open space. It is open opportunity. And I think AI is a trend that can open up more opportunities for people that look differently if we get in the game now. So founders. Get your AI strategy down pat because, but but be ready for a ten year grind. I never committed to crypto because I never felt like crypto was needed. AI is definitely needed in in technology to make systems work better, to make processes easier, to cut down a lag time. So I think that's really important. A no, this is a no to Sam Altman. Just to say, it, hey, builders, builds, builders recognize builders, and I respect what he's doing with ChatGP and OpenAI. Modern Tax is a powerful data platform that offers businesses the ability to verify customer information and such things as good standing and business identity quickly and accurately. 
Our data product is a comprehensive solution for verifying U.S. tax information on businesses and consumers and offering you an unprecedented level of accuracy and reliability. Knowing your business is becoming increasingly more important in today's fast-paced and ever-changing business environment. With over $100 billion in annual fraud reported for business services, it's essential to stay informed and up-to-date with the companies and organizations you're working with. The best way to gain an accurate understanding of a business in the U.S. is to access tax reports and annual filings on that business. This is where Modern Tax comes in, providing you with an effective and easy way to access business records and gain insights into those businesses that you're working with. Request your first business verification today for free using the promo code STRETCH4 with the link in the show notes. Now is the time to take advantage of this of this incredibly useful service to make sure that you're working with businesses that are in compliance and are reporting to you legitimate information. Check out Modern Tax today at moderntax.io. So moving along from Sam Altman, Adam Newman is in the news this week. Adam had this to say, and I'll just, I'll just, I'll just let him speak for himself. So number one, management company branded technology first. Number two, real estate asset management, a company that can buy real estate and asset manage real estate. Number three, financial services. And the fourth pillar is this mechanism that's going to take some of the value and share it with the value creators. And those users are going to start using our financial services. Now, the reason they're going to use the financial services, that that payments company that's charging your rent already has a real relationship with the user. And then if we are able to take this value-creating mechanism and share with our residents a portion of the value, it's going to make them feel ownership. If you're in your apartment building and you're a renter and your toilet gets clogged, you call the super. If you're in your own apartment and, you're, and you bought it and you own it and your toilet gets clogged, you take the plunger. And it's, it's, it's the difference from feeling like you own something to just feeling like you're running from being trans, transactional to actually being part of a community. So that was Adam Newman giving a spiel on his new company, new platform called Flow, which got backed by Andreessen for $350 million. Twitter went crazy, obviously, because... There's a lot of people who generally make comments on people like Adam Newman. I mean, even people like Sam Altman of like, oh, they've been given the world. They they don't really have great ideas. I don't think people would say that about Sam Altman because I think the proof is in the pudding. He's done very well for himself as a, both an, an investor and a, and a builder. I think Adam Newman, because of WeWork, which we can talk about WeWork as a business, but generally the way he has been portrayed by the media – with the TV show, with the books, it hasn't had a very good light on him being a good entrepreneur. And I will say one thing about Adam Newman is from reading a couple books on him, watching the show, I've never met him either, but understanding his, his zeitgeist and how he moves, he's really been the same consistent person since day one. You know, it's not like he's been scamming people out of their money or doing some other things that we see that are happening. He's genuinely just a person that really talks like this and, and, and actually probably believes 95% of the things or 100% of the things he thinks are good ideas are going to come to come to pass. And there's actually nothing wrong with that. And I think Adam is someone I can learn from as a founder. You know, I haven't created a multi-billion dollar company, raised hundreds of millions of dollars 
built out WeWork. Not to say that I, I won't and I ain't, I'm not because I feel like Modern Tax is going to be a, a, a substantially large company. Obviously, we got a long way to go. I think this stretch for media, I believe this is going to turn into something that's going to be pretty big. And I think apples to apple is all about your situation. It's all about your culture. You know, I come from an athletic background, right? The difference between a guy who makes it to the NBA and a guy who who's over in Europe is is, is a lot more gray area there than you might think. And I think it's all about situation. It's all about culture. It's all about where you put yourself. But but really, the one thing is just your your aptitude, your ability to learn, your ability to work, your ability to connect. Because the more and more and more you do, the more and more you put out there, the more and more connections you make. And I think Adam Newman, you know, he's always had a big global vision, right? Like even with his new his new play with 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 flow. It's a very big vision, right? It's this vision that renters will be able to to transact like buyer or owners. Because again, you know, you take the concept. A lot of people right now in the U.S. are renting, and in, in people like to be in nice cities that they generally can't afford homes. I mean, wifey was talking about a statistic earlier this week. I mean, in in San Francisco, we have the most per capita millionaires who are renting apartments. So there is a real time problem of this mismatching of renters versus ownership it's a probably a global thing right so like he checks out on global vision all the time we work i mean i just worked up in in a we work until the end of last month i finally ended my subscription because it was a bit pricey they were having a lot of issues with the internet nothing that company as itself has some issues but the concept that we work being able to have a legit co-working space that's modern that's clean that has other people there and is, but it's not too many people having internet, all that figured out. That concept is a big idea. Like that can scale across the, you know, across the world, which it did. Now, you know, I think he pressured himself to try to do way too much with WeWork and maybe now with his new company, he could be very focused, but I think he also has the, the founder DNA that he wants to swing for the fences. That's probably been my biggest challenge becoming a venture back founder is how you are not just swinging for granted. It's like I never played baseball, but it's like in baseball, if I got up to go hit a home run every time, there's a high likelihood I'm going to strike out. I think about it in basketball, you know, with the new age and the modern day basketball, it's threes are worth more than twos. Right. So by percentage, we wonder why the Warriors win so many championships. They shoot a high volume of threes. There's a very much higher percentage chance that they're going to score more points just because they're taking more shots on goal. Training your mind as a venture back founder is so critical. Like you got to have this out of the box. And if you don't, you got to adapt to it. You got to be swinging for defenses. You can't in any way, shape or form be trying to do something that's modest or Nice. And like a lot of people talk about start with like a niche business, start with a small market, but you still have to have this big vision. So if you're saying, hey, I want to start in a say billion dollar market like today, a billion dollars gets spent doing this That's generally a small market, but it's big enough to say, okay, if I can corner this billion dollar market and say I get 10 percent of that, that's 100 million in revenue. Okay, then there's. By the time I open up 100 million in revenue, there should be all other places that I can go. That's a one way to look at it. But another way to look at it is let me try to figure out what the total market of people who rent their apartments is. Or that is a large global market that you can expand and compound hundreds of billions of dollars. And so that is what I think Adam Newman 
every idea he brings to Ford has that in the clear view. It's not even in the peripheral for this guy. So he has a global vision. He has, takes bold swings at the fences. And, I mean, for whatever you have it, he knows how to communicate to the certain type of people that he's trying to appease. If you're trying to get money from an investor, you got to know how to talk to that investor. Whether that investor be a venture investor, that's a different palette. Like I was talking to some corporate, uh, I was talking to corporate development at a very large financial data company today. They just closed a huge deal. The guy's like, hey, it took us 12 months on this deal. It's the third biggest bureau in this country. And I'm talking to them about my company. You know, we're a seed stage company. Raised, you know, close to $3 million, but it, un, you got to understand who you're talking to. And I think a lot of people aren't good at that. And like, you either got to be heavily research driven or you got to be heavily passionate. And I think Adam Newman has always erred on the side of passion. So passion drives a lot of what he says and people buy into it because people get excited about big ideas. You know, we were referencing Sam, New, Sam, Sam Altman. He had a quote on that as well, where he he really the reason he's building these things and the reason he's into like nuclear energy and AI and all these kind of like very, very high level things is people get more passionate about it. People will get excited. This is a quote from 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 Sam Altman. I know I'm going a bit back and forth. Sam Altman says thousands of startups are devoted to social interactions and fewer than 20 to fission infusion. But Sam Altman said hard things are actually easier than easy things because people feel it's interesting. They want to help another mobile app, another eye roll, a rocket company. Everybody wants to go to space. So the, capturing that 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 type of mentality is why Adam Newman keeps coming back. And as, you know, also, lastly, it's the 80-20 rule. So they say that 80 20% of the people or 20% of the companies or 20% of whatever is going to return you 80% of the value. I would say Adam Newman is in that bucket. He's probably way higher than the 20% because people don't realize, or a lot of people don't realize or understand he made a lot of people money with WeWork. Yes, SoftBank is upside down on the WeWork investment, but Benchmark's not. So he made money for his investors. He returned capital. Therefore, they're going to give him another shot because he's in that 20%. Why not take another risk on this guy when we've seen him actually return capital? People don't realize in a venture game, bro, so many people don't return capital. Just talking about Sam Altman, his first company got a $175 million valuation. They only sold for $40 million. So it's hard to return money. So I think what people don't understand is he returned capital to a core set of investors, probably also some early employees. He himself alone was able to pull out a lot of money from the WeWork transaction. Whatever you say, he pulled out a lot of fucking money. And now he's back at it with Andreessen, who's known to back these types of people. And it's not a surprise. So a lot of times we're surprised by all these things, but we shouldn't be surprised. It's not woe is me. It's not he's a terrible person. Learn from it and use it in your position. So if you're a startup founder, you need to be learning from these people you're not going to I'm not going to say you're going to be the next Adam Newman or Sam Altman, but strategically, you got to get in the game. <laughs> you know, that's how I look at it. You got to be in the game. If you want to play in this venture capital startup ecosystem, you got to be in the game some way, shape or form. And there's a certain level of people that you got to respect that are doing their thing, that are that are making things happen. 
that are causing the shakeups, right? Because guess what? Sam Altman got us to AI. It's a platform. AI is a platform. Think of it as a platform, and it's a platform that's now opening up new opportunities, new opportunities, new deals, new capital, new funds, new ideas, new use cases. So think of yourself as a founder for your own company, for your own fundraising, for your own sales. How are you a platform, and who else are you opening things up for, whether it be indirectly or directly, whether it be companies? I was talking to a company today. They've raised over 70 million this week trying to do a partnership. They're in the space we're in at Modern Tax. They have not passed 10 customers in their new business. They need us just as much as we need them. So that conversation is different. When I know that, now I can approach it from a position of balance. Like, hey, you guys got 10, under 10 customers. We got a, you know, we got a little more than that, but not much more. Let's figure out how we can try to bring two minds together, build something that'll make both of us bigger. This isn't your core business. It's a new business for you. This is our core business. So you got to think in terms and be a deal maker in terms of how do you help someone else? How do you help the other person? How do you help the other company? And I think those are the things that I would say. That's why Adam Newman continues to get funded because he's made somebody money. He's returned some capital. Yeah, he's made a big spectacle. Yeah, he, he moves different. But at the end of the day, you can't take that away from him. And Figuring that out is a big thing because on Twitter, a lot of people pop off and like, oh, they keep funding the same people the saying this is a bad idea. It's like, bro, you got to be in the game. And I, and I think it's OK to be critical because I can be critical. I mean, I just gave you two people, two men in their early 40s, late 30s on paper, definitely hundreds of millions, probably billions. If you think about how much probably Sam Altman was able to capture from the Microsoft transaction. I mean, he probably up. He's up a lot. They both come from the certain communities that we know, white guys, Jewish, you know, Jewish, all that stuff, all the tropes. And I know that's what a lot of people will say is is rigged. The game, the system is different. It may be, but that don't mean you can't learn from these things and these people and these experiences, because these archetypes are the ones that uh, there's a reason they're in the news. There, There's a reason that you you hear about these names all the time. But I think you got to go deeper. You got to go deeper and unpack why that's the truth. And so. Newman and Altman, I got to respect it. I can't knock it. And I want to learn from it. And I want to continue to learn from people that I'm seeing that constantly come somehow come back and also rebrand themselves. Rebranding is, is critical. You've got to be able to, to, to move past your past and move into new cycles of opportunity. Because if you don't, you become just a sledgehammer. I mean, I went through that myself in a way where it's like I'm defined as this. No, you got to define yourself. You got to you got to build your own brand and you got to expand and you got to evolve. You really got to evolve in this game of venture back startups. That ends the stretch for episode today. Stretch for podcast episode four. Some last minute church announcements for the week. Again, thank you to the Cap Table Coalition and Phoenix for sponsoring an event that I was able to be a part of on February 10th related to Black History Month and black founders and venture capitalists talking about things we could do to build our community. Also, check out Stretch Forward newsletter number 52 that's out. I talk a bit about the millionaire net worth the millionaires that are renting in some of the more expensive cities in the U.S. and how this phenomenon is really the largest and fastest growing market of U.S. renters are essentially millionaires. 
Additionally, look for new announcements coming up about the FinTech Meetup in Vegas in March, where I will be participating as a speaker. Also, our podcast is now live on Apple and Spotify, so make sure to check it out on those platforms and leave us a review. Also, leave me feedback anywhere that you can connect with me, email, Substack, or those sites. We thank Future, again, that's future.co, and also Modern Tax for their support. That's all for this week's show. Have a good week, and let's get to it. <laughs>